Hello, I'm Anna Victoria Serna, she, her, hers, Barnard College Class of 2025 and current staff writer at the Columbia Political Review. Tonight, I'm sitting with Carolyn Tran, community organizer, activist, civil servant, and former city council candidate for New York City's 25th district. Carolyn, it is a pleasure to have you here tonight. Thank you, Anna Victoria, for having me. I'm excited to um, speak and just share my experience and hopefully um, that will inspire or encourage other people to get involved in their community and, and changing the world for a better place. Absolutely. Um, so Carolyn, you worked as a public servant and community organizer in Jackson Heights and East Elmhurst through issues of household overcrowding, uh, economic recession, and of course, COVID-19. In your position, what have your experiences taught you about yourself, about your government, and about your community in these times of crisis? Mm -hmm. Well, I think resilience was always like a, a theme during the pandemic, and I definitely felt that um, our community, our neighborhoods that were so hit drastically and heavily, right, the epicenter of the pandemic, um, have been the most resilient communities in New York City, right? Um, they were already experiencing um, the inequities of um, economics, of housing, of discrimination, of gender already before the pandemic, and that definitely was magnified. And so having worked in this community for over a decade, um, it really gave me a different perspective of um, the role of government. You know, I always, even though I, I have worked in city government for um, over a decade, um, I always knew that that government had its limitations, right? I was always very skeptical as um, this would be the solution to really social change, right? And I think that's important for anybody who works in government to understand that, like, um, changes and um, freedom and liberation is not going to come from the hands of government. Um, and so like, I understood that, but I also know that it has a role to play. And so I wanted to make sure that as somebody who was in that position, I was using the tools and the resources of governments to really provide our most impacted and marginalized community members with um, the resources that they need to, to uplift out of inequities. And so, um, you know, during the pandemic, it was, it was devastating to see and hear um, the ambulance, to see the death rising in this neighborhood that I have worked and lived in for so long. Um, and it just felt also kind of um, despair because it seemed like our government was not doing enough to protect us, right? Even though we have the most resources, um, we were just not at any um, level to, to do what needed to be done um, during the pandemic in terms of testing, in terms of vaccination now, right? And so um, I think thinking about government, thinking about community organizing, being an activist or just a community member who cares about improving the conditions of your neighborhood and your neighbors, um, it's important to also link with other social movements that are happening around or to be aware of the work that is happening that that is in the background um yeah i don't know if that makes if that makes sense or answers your question no that makes perfect sense um the new york times listed uh district 25 is accumulating among the highest number of uh, virus related casualties right during the peak of the pandemic that must have been harrowing 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, our, our district has always had really devastating fires. And a lot of that um, is because of the um, economic inequities that exist in this city, right? Um, a lot of the neighbors in this neighborhood um, are from immigrant families, right? Or are immigrants themselves and are unable to find the jobs that pay well to afford living in this neighborhood. So oftentimes we see homes with uh, families stumbling up or, um, you know, people living in close conditions or in illegal substandards um, units, right? And so um, if there is eight people living in a one bedroom, that also means that's eight people who are using the electricity or who are using the stove, right? And so there's so much potential. And and given that our, our neighborhood is such a desired place to live, then people are also forced to live in, in like basement apartments, right? Which are not legal dwellings, um, right? And so there, we saw that with the um, hurricane, with the flash flooding, right? Where so many of our community members um, who were killed by that hurricane were here in Queens too. And so I think it's all connected around what resources we invest in our communities, what we prioritize, um, and that is reflected when there is crisis, how our government um, has invested resources and time and to right. who. Right, absolutely. Um, so in your platform, you mentioned that you originally did not see yourself as a candidate for public office because of the many institutional flaws of New York City's government, right? Um, specifically when it came to creating spaces for working single mothers of color, such as yourself. Uh, could you elaborate a little bit more on this point? Mm -hmm. I never, I mean, because I also knew the limitations of government, that was always like kind of like my mindset. I never wanted to be a part of that apparatus, right? And so I've always kind of like, um, live this or function in this parallel um, life within government, right? Because um, I work in it, I wanna use it to um, uplift my communities, but I didn't wanna become a part of it, right? And so I think oftentimes when we see um, people who represent us, people who are in elected office, they, I don't relate to them. I don't feel like these are people who understand my my life and kind of the um, obstacles and challenges that I have to go through. And so I never saw myself. I also, you know, I, it's hard to run for office unless you're independently wealthy and have a strong support network, right? Because campaigning requires you to do that 24 seven. And if you are, ha if you have a job, if you have kids, if you're a single parent, if you are just not the um, stereotypical candidate, it's so difficult to run for office. Um, and so I just never saw myself as, as a candidate. Um, and I think, I think that is just a um, reflection of really like of folks who are marginalized in this, in this society. Um, about what we see ourselves in roles in, right? And it's not to say that we can't run for office, but typically we don't see ourselves um, in office. We're not supported. Not everyday working people are the ones running for office, right? It's people who um, have the privilege and luxury to be able to. But that is also why we need to elect people who come from our communities, who um, reflect working class communities and who understands like the challenges and struggles that single parents that um, moms have to go through right so that that can be reflected in our policies and our laws and our budget allocation um yeah yeah 
Um, that's a wonderful point. Um, besides what you just mentioned, were there any other obstacles you faced uh, during your campaign as somebody who holds all of these uh, different intersecting um, minority identities? Um, and how did you overcome these obstacles? Mm -hmm. I think it's hard for women, particularly women of color, to run um, because we're not taken seriously, right? Like um, being chief of staff, I have only in the um, history of this district under the current council member, um, every chief of staff has been a white man, right? And so um, there's always this, even if it's not external, this internal um, struggle of like having to prove yourself, having to do more to just be on the same level as everybody, right? Like you have to work twice as hard um, to prove that you know what you're talking about, that you know what you're doing, even if you have been doing it a lot longer and better than most people, right? Um, so I think some of the obstacles was like patriarchy, right? I, we live in a world where patriarchy is so um, abundant. And so it's hard to get away from that, especially during politics. I feel like everything is so magnified. Um, I think because I have never seen myself as a candidate when I show up in the community, it has not been to campaign. It has not been to plant my future um, as a candidate, right? And so it was always doing the work in the background, making sure that um, everything was running smoothly, right? Events was running well. Um, schools were getting what they needed. Our hospitals, our cultural institutions, right? Our communities um, were getting the services. And so that work is always invisible. And oftentimes that labor and that work is done by women of color. And so um, by running, I really wanted to push back against that narrative um, about whose labor and work do we value, right? Do we only value labor that is front-facing and that is glamorous? that is um, eloquent or that, you know, is, is flashy, right? Or are we really valuing labor that is behind the scenes, that is unrecognized um, or unacknowledged, right? And it's like the nitty gritty. And that really also, I wanted to connect that to um, our essential workers in the pandemic, right? They were really the ones who kept the city running, feeding people, stocking our grocery stores, right? Um, but that labor was not valued as much as um, other industries. And so it's really pushing that narrative so that we're changing the way that people um, people define labor and then add, add value to that. Right, right. Um, so speaking of which, in, in July, you announced that there was uh, no foreseeable path to victory in your campaign for council member. I, I remember scrolling through Instagram and, and reading your whole post and everything. Um, considering your long running commitment uh, to District 25, you mentioned that you've been working in this political office for over a decade. Um, as a public servant and as, as a community organizer, uh, it seems highly unlikely that this is the end of the road for you, of course. Um, are you planning on continuing working in this community? And if so, how? Yeah, definitely. I mean, these are, this is the community where my daughters go to school, right? And so like, I want to make sure that they also understand that running for office is not the only way that you serve your community, right? And so it's important for me um, to show that to my daughters, but also it's important to stay involved. There's so many people in um, the campaign who were really engaged and excited about electoral politics for the first time. Um, and it's important to keep 
you know, everyone involved and engaged because that is really how you um, change um, government to really um, benefit our communities. Yeah. Right. right. So what are the, uh, what are the next steps for you? So next up, I'm still dreaming. I'm still um, figuring out things, right? I, I took the time off to really spend it with my daughters um, after the election because they have been gone. They have been going through so many transitions and just a whirlwind of um, changes for them. And so I really wanted to spend time with them. And now that I have really the privilege to think about what I want to do next, I want to be thoughtful and meaningful about what I put my energy into. Um, but I will always, you know, be here for my community. I'm involved with my kids' school. Um, sometimes I help out with our local food pantries. I stay in touch with a lot of our immigrant organizations um, that were involved in the campaign or just like community organizations, um, right? And so it's making sure that um, I'm also pushing myself because I think what I have seen as um, flaws or things that have held us back is that we stop learning and stop pushing ourselves and stop um, really educating about different narratives or different theories, um, right? Because our, our movements and our society is always changing. And so we need to be sure that we're all constantly also learning too. Right, right. Um, do you see yourself running for office again? Mm. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been asked that a bunch of times, and it's. I think it's still so early. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't. I also have been doing a lot of since the primary two. I mean, also for a long time because I am really critical about capitalism. Um, is really trying to detach ourselves from our labor, right? Um, and really, and really seeing how people's value is not connected to their work, right? Um, and so, again, like, I want to be intentional about the next thing I do, because I don't want, like, I'm not a politician. That's not what I strive to be in life, right? I want to be somebody who invests and um, contributes to the, improving my um, community and, and inspiring and connecting movements and, and supporting movements. But um, I don't necessarily see that always through running for office, right? I'm always gonna do that, but that might not be through um, elected office or running for office again. Right, so it's just, it's one path of achieving. Um, it's one path, achieving. I mean, yeah, I mean, it might be finding somebody else who I think is um, a better candidate or, um, better serves the community that I can get behind, right? So it's not necessarily me um, running for office. It's, I think, who is better to serve our community, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Um, finally, are there any words of wisdom you would like to share with younger people getting interested uh, in getting involved in their local politics uh, and their local communities? I think the one advice that I always tell um, people who are interested in politics um, or community organizing um, is to really find your political home first in movements, right? Because that is what is going to guide and navigate you through um, 
actually doing real meaningful community work, right? Politics is is an apparatus of people who are hungry for power, who um, using this as a stepping stone for other things. So it's not always a good place to just throw yourself into politics if you want to get involved in community work, right? And I think for movements and grassroots um, movements, that is where the people who are coming up with policy ideas, who are actually interfacing and supporting impacted community members, um, that work is happening there. And so I feel like that is where you also can form and push and develop your own political values um, and guidelines to help navigate you through this world. And so for me, I feel very fortunate that I came into politics um, during college um, being inspired by the Black Panthers Party, right? Um, and that is where my political um, navigation, um, values is rooted in, and it's not rooted in, um, oh, I worked for an elected official or I worked for government, right? Um, it's because I see government as a tool for change and social um, revolution, but I don't see um, that like politics in terms of political office being my political home. So I always say, find a, a political organization. You know, there's so many now, there's the Democratic Socialists of America, there's more lefty groups, right? Like find those places and organize there first before you even consider running for office. Um, otherwise, we just continue to perpetuate the same people who are in office, people who come from um, wealthier, more affluent, more um, maybe higher educated backgrounds, but our government is already filled with those types of people. Um, I call them suits, right? And so um, if we really want to change and disrupt, um, you know, our current system, we also then have to change how we enter um, community work and politics. Right, right, right. So find your nexus, find your home. Mm -hmm. And that will always be home whether or not you run for office, right? That will always be the place where you go to say like, hey, like, mm, how can I, I'm not feeling sure about this issue. Maybe it doesn't align with me. It makes me uncomfortable, but it's like a place where people can push and like discuss and really um, build um, a social class consciousness um, that I don't think happens within government right? Because there's limitations. And then, then there's also the selfish um, desire to want to stay in power. And that power sometimes will um, distract you from making the right choices, right? Or the right votes or the right budget allocation. Right. That's, uh, that's really important insight. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, and that'll be all for our interview tonight. Carolyn, thank you so much for your time. It was uh, really wonderful talking to you. Thank you for having me.